Welcome to Beggar's Bread, a podcast where we invite Christians and other truth seekers to engage with thoughtful sources in an age of disinformation. Our name is inspired from the quote by D.T. Niles, Evangelism is just one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. Each week, we recommend a source for you, either a sermon, podcast, or video. This week, we bring you Second Genesis. And with that, I'd like to introduce Sam Cox, director of New Men. It's a documentary that we recommended in a Patreon bonus episode, I want to say it was over the summer, um, in which life is depicted within an Eastern Orthodox monastery out in West Virginia over the course of the church year. Um, and in addition to this film, Sam is also currently working on an upcoming documentary titled Second Genesis, not New Genesis, which is kind of what I was thinking it was called for some reason, even though I've definitely seen all the promotional material for at least the current promotional material um but we'll get into his film a little bit later so how's it going good thanks for having me yeah it's fun fun stuff this is actually the first like i'll just announce this is the first in-person one that i've done in a long time yeah because most of our interviews are you know virtual or whatever yeah and so it's always fun to try to figure out how can i set up the studio into a more hospitable environment with a um some shelving in between yeah. us. That's always fun. A sideways shelf. Yeah. It's nice. <laughs> it's keeping it classy, you know? Yeah. Keeping us humble for sure, as we talk about a lot in this podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm really excited to have you on because for one, I really enjoyed like, I think both Luke and I, we really enjoyed your documentary. Um, and I'm hoping, I haven't gotten much feedback yet from our listeners yet, but I'm going to, when I talk to some of them later today about like what they thought of it and Cool. If they haven't watched it yet, <laughs> listeners, you need to check it out now. There was a little bump in, like, sales of it. Oh, really? So, yeah, like, five people. There okay. was, like, a few days where five people watched it. Good, because so. I think that's the same number of Patreons that we have. Okay, awesome. Or patrons or whatever. So, I think that they might have all listened to it then or watched it. I don't yeah, know why I said yeah. listen to them. I think I'm used to <laughs> us recommending, like just um audio resources like we recommend a lot of podcasts but then occasionally luke will be like let's recommend the film and i'm like yes please send me <laughs> some film recommendations or let me share film recommendations yeah we try to balance it out um but yeah i think like it's important because there's just a great number of people within like certain christian communities at least the ones that i've grown up in that don't necessarily value art and perhaps the ways in which we as like christians should or even as people that like seek out mm-hmm. truth right mm-hmm. And so that's why I want to have you on because I want to cover, you know, pretty much anything you want to talk about, but also just kind of like a slew of topics related to both filmmaking and the Christian faith. Um, and then also with emphasis on like the Orthodox faith tradition, which I know you're a part of and like yeah. I'm somewhat delving into. I think by the time this podcast comes out, I actually will be able to enter into the catechumen. So that'll be kind of fun. Cool. Yeah. Because I think it's in November. Um so with that, let's check out these questions. Yeah. So what compelled you to pursue filmmaking and also documentaries in particular? Yeah, so I am a graphic designer. Uh, that's a day job, I guess. <laughs> and I had been working as a designer for 10 years, really had been doing design since high school and then went to design school. Like a graphic design program um, and loved it, loved being a designer, but um, there's a disconnect between like you can kind of get sucked into working on creative problems just in like a commercial context or yeah. just like to market or sell a product. 
and there's kind of some there I wanted some way to connect with audiences like outside of that context. So I think of myself as a graphic designer making films, kind of not necessarily as a filmmaker. Ah. I still see it as like working with images to tell a story, but I'm also interested in like audiences and like who's who is viewing this and kind of what I want to put out with a film. Um, so it's it's not strictly like a pure like art, I guess. Yeah, like there's a synthesis there of the things that you're interested in and what you're hoping to achieve. Yeah. Um, and then you asked about documentary in, in particular. Right, yeah. I think that is also related to being a designer is like I love constraints, like a constraint of a problem. So um, with a documentary, it's you have... You can't do anything. You, you're just filming what is happening. You're bringing like an editorial perspective, but you just have to edit with what you have, um, which I love that challenge. Like if I didn't have that constraint, I would never make anything because I would just get overwhelmed with possibilities. Right. Like all the things that you could put into yeah, this. Yeah. Like, because you have so much more, almost like more freedom in a sense. Yes. Yeah, so how do you choose? But then with a documentary, you can kind of like look at what you're interested in and then okay who do i know or what i see happening in the actual world that i can try to get access into so it's just like an immediate starting point which nice. i like yeah that's really cool and that really does tie into the next question in which you know having myself and hopefully all of our patrons um seen your first featuring documentary new men and again another shout out to that for people that haven't seen it that aren't on patreon um, I was particularly enthralled with the way in which you, like, you incorporated the instruct, like, the structure itself of the film with the content of the message. Most notably, the way in which the monastic way of life was not simply portrayed as an intellectual or emotional mode of being, but rather stems from the heart. And I think, like, people that aren't familiar with, like, heart language, like, that's very much in line with, like, I think we talked about Dallas Willard earlier, either this season or in the summer, but it's, you know, some people might have a familiarity with heart language. And so... How does filmmaking itself as an artistic medium provide you with a means of promulgating not simply emotions-driven or, like, intellectual-driven cinema, but cinema that, like, appeals to the heart? Hmm, yeah. So I hope that what I'm making appeals to people's hearts. Um, that's definitely the goal. Um, and with Newman, there was definitely, like, the it was a very difficult film to make personally because it was at a monastery and I was thinking about um, becoming Orthodox or being an Orthodox Christian or just like a Christian in general while also trying to make a film at a monastery. So there's a lot of things going on. And so mm. um, the editing and the making of the film was very in line with my own kind of faith, spiritual growth and journey so a lot of that I think just came through in the film um just outside of my control really um but specifically with editing the film um I would try to kind of get into a rhythm like when I would do my best editing it was definitely in like a prayerful or kind of like meditative peaceful state of being interesting um so it was really important to me to try to 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 edit coming from a place of like 
peacefulness and that like frenzy um, or like this kind of desire to make something awesome just to be awesome or cool <laughs> um, or to self-express um, as an artist or whatever, which those things kind of seep in. Um, but yeah, I guess like in the Orthodox tradition, there's a huge focus on the Jesus prayer, which is like just Lord Jesus Christ, son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And that's kind of repeated um, using like a rosary. And so I would try to kind of find that same rhythm when I was editing, like a, a rhythmic um, beat to it. Um, and you can kind of feel like when you, you can kind of feel like when you encounter like an amazing piece of art or like have some kind of spiritual or religious experience, like you can feel your heart kind of like leaping inside of mm -hmm. you, like with excitement. Right. Um, so it's like if I was hitting like on a scene or whatever, like hitting a beat or rhythm with it, I could feel my heart kind of like, yeah, like this is this is going to be a good scene. Nice. So anyways, that was really convoluted, but just trying to approach it with like a prayerful attitude, I think is going to come through in the end. Yeah. yeah. Well, I feel like, yeah, I mean, having watched New Men, I feel like there is a rhythm to it that, I mean, like other than just even like having the content of the Jesus prayer, like kind of like displayed like where you know you see that not an opening sequence but it's pretty early on in the film where you have the monks that are painting the um mm -hmm. the fence and they're saying the jesus prayer and then like you cut to like them feeding animals and saying like so it's just a constant state of being that's like reverberated throughout which i thought was just really interesting to see because mm -hmm. like having not had any experience within like monastic life or even within orthodoxy for that matter um it's just very very cool Let's see. And so I would say the next question carries on like this theme of Christian filmmaking specifically. And I wonder like what stands out distinctly for you as a filmmaker or actually in this case, a, would you say a graphic designer that does filmmaking? Yeah. You can say filmmaker yeah. <laughs> to make it easier. Uh, no, it's just a good, I think it's a good way of framing it though. Yeah. No, I like that. Um, definitely helps me like reconstruct what I understand filmmaking to be. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder what stands out for you, though, as a insert here <laughs> when reflecting on your method of filmmaking as a Christian compared with maybe the more common assumptions that like people might have had about Christian cinema, particularly um, like most notably what I think a lot of people and we talked about it before on the podcast, but like kind of that proselytizing in your face kind of approach that doesn't necessarily focus so much on the structure of cinema in general, but more on like the message and having to make yeah, sure that the message like is overt, trying to you know? like sneak something in there. Yeah. Or, yeah. Well, I think of like God's not dead stuff like that, uh, you I'm know, not, where it's like I'm very familiar much. with that, but, um, I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm like, so hesitant to be like, you mean like this movie? <laughs> you can say, I mean, if it helps clarify. Yeah. I'm thinking of like the, um, the industry of what people like, even that aren't Christians would classify as like Christian, uh, like a Christian movie. I'm trying to think of another one now. I mean, uh, Fireproof, The Left Behind series, yeah. like stuff like that. Okay, yeah. that's, yeah. yeah. I was, okay. I was trying to think of the older mm -hmm. ones, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's, this is a great question. Something I, I think about a lot, making films or trying to make films. Um, 
And it's something I try to remember is like, no one really needs my film. Like, uh, the world is going to be fine without it. And like, God is, is still working without this film. (laughs) Like, it's not up to me to like save people. Like if I don't, if I don't make this film and put it out there, like X number of people are going to be lost or whatever. I just don't, don't think that's how it's working at all. It's not that pressure. Yeah. Yeah. So I think just starting with like, why, like, why do you want to make this movie? Mm -hmm. It's kind of, um, yeah, I try to approach it where it's like people, like they don't necessarily need this. If they, if they get something out of it, that's awesome. But like, I just need to like be faithful to like making it and finishing when I start a project, just like finishing it and putting it out there. Um, but another thing I'm thinking about with this is like, I think if you got to focus on what is real, like real phenomenon in the world with filmmaking or like universal themes, I think that everyone mm-hmm. can connect to. You don't have to like construct like a worldview of like trying to convince someone of your particular worldview. Like if you just start with real events, um, and for me, like the, the most real things that everyone can access are like nature um, and like death, <laughs> like death and nature, suffering and like evil um, and goodness. But really like nature, like the processes yeah. of nature are so universal to everyone, which is um, where I try to start in my filmmaking and like the the message of like christianity or some kind of truth about the world that you can't find that in nature i think yeah and it's in um, your documentary a lot oh yeah the first one yeah newman i think i made it and then um someone was like oh this is like a film about a a film about the spirituality of nature and that was like the biggest compliment because i wasn't planning to make a film like that and i didn't even recognize that about that and they said that and i was like wow yeah it is a film kind of about the spirituality of nature um so yeah maybe that's like all i'm trying to do is make films about the spirituality of nature well and that just contributes more to the beauty of it if you're able to see it from that lens because i think like i I don't know if i can make the assumption that every like specifically evangelical christian would necessarily miss that part of it but if you're not open like if you don't have that kind of openness of mind to the spiritual life in every part of like where you're at personally, like in your like physical mode of being, Mm -hmm. like you might miss out on some of the more beautiful things like your film brings to light specifically. Mm. Oh, so this kind of ties back into what we were talking about earlier with regard to um, those common assumptions about Christian filmmaking, right? In that, how do we like, how do we engage with that? Like what, (laughs) uh, if at all, and like, is there maybe perhaps an alternative path for Christians to understand cinema differently. And I think you did t- kind of touch on that a little bit with mm-hmm. your um, talk yeah, my, about <laughs> Yeah, I made some notes for the questions. I like skipped into my notes for this question. Um, no, it's good though. Hey, we can skip ahead all we want. <laughs> no, I think to just... Um, yeah, to, to try to like go deeper than like ideology in your art or filmmaking um and like ideology i think is inescapable but 
when you are just like starting that level, you're not, you're not addressing all the context that you have kind of have that ideology within. It sounds very vague, mm-hmm. but, um, I think right now in contemporary society, you just like, you have to go back like super basic to just like, uh, we all have bodies. We all live in like certain places in a context and we're like physical and material beings and kind of like work up from there. Um, cause that's like kind of where we're at. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that might be helpful. Yeah. Cause I mean, I even know people that aren't even familiar with like the, the basic Christian message, right. That just don't have that context. And so if you're trying to like get them to understand like your specifically christian film and it's like they're not even going to be able to come in with those cues from the culture mm-hmm. if that makes sense you know so if you're starting with those universal themes that you were talking about earlier and building mm-hmm. up towards that like i think it's much more yeah beautiful in a sense too mm-hmm. yeah like the kind of like political christianity like you can't start from that um anymore of like um what am I what am I thinking of? Oh yeah, like this like political United States is like God's chosen nation or like mm-hmm. uh um like we have to fight in our culture, like we have to make these movies to like win the culture war mm-hmm. by like Hollywood like Hollywood is our enemy and they're so we have to make like better films in Hollywood so people will like want to watch our movies and it's like It's separate almost. Yeah, yeah, I'm like that's um that's like not a game you want to play because you're never going to win that. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah. So I think making something different, I think as a Christian filmmaker, you should shoot for like different rather than like better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, cause hopefully it would stem from something that's very countercultural, but also very much like people can resonate with it because it's innate to like like you said that you know spirituality element of nature like that's innate to people like people can experience that Mm -hmm. yeah that does kind of tie into your next film actually Mm -hmm. which i fixed in my notes is not new genesis but second genesis yeah Uh, i actually might since i've like messed up the name so much would you want to talk on that a little bit about why it's called second like i i kind of feel like i know what you're meaning when you say second Mm -hmm. genesis but i would like perhaps you to maybe explicate a little bit more on what what you're meaning because i think like titles for films like should matter you know like like you say new men and i think that's like really profound Mm -hmm. um yeah, and it's not like you know, new men too. You know, it's like it's second gen. Like there's old a men. Old That's men. the joke. It's like at the monastery, they're like, "You're gonna make another film called Old Men in a few years." Oh, that'd be good. Uh, maybe yeah. that, maybe that's up there. Yeah, I don't know. It would be kind of crazy to go back in like 20 years and follow up. Oh, know? that would be cool. Actually, yeah, yeah. I'd watch that. I'm around for yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So second Genesis. Well, I can just try to explain a little bit about the film and then explain the name yeah so second genesis is about former pagans who are now kind of becoming orthodox or who kind of jumped into the orthodox world and the kind of the the parallels in those spiritualities and like their 
experience being orthodox coming from like something seemingly totally opposite of like pagan witchcraft like yeah. these things that are like kind of scary and like seem so antithetical to christianity and like how they made that kind of how one thing just led them straight into the orthodox church is really interesting to me so that's it's following people who have had that experience and who are now orthodox christians um so that the title second genesis it's kind of it's referencing a lot um <laughs> the most like superficial one is like the two people i've been filming with kind of like came of age during the 80s and it sounds like sega genesis and uh, so like that's like a very so that's like one thing i like about it second genesis it has like a cadence of second genesis nice. which is like referencing that time period um the other thing is um there's like a nature motif in the film again guys <laughs> yeah so it's there's a lot of references to um kind of the journey from chaos to some kind of like structure um which is like the genesis account it's like yeah the spirit of god hovering over this like chaotic watery kind of void or abyss um and so that's kind of people's a parallel for the spiritual journey everyone has to take i think is moving from like your own like chaos to some kind of stability mm. um like the vow of stability in new men yeah, yeah yeah so that that is like the second genesis is the genesis that happens in everyone personally or it doesn't happen like i think it does happen in everyone to a certain extent um so that's the second genesis and then um, one of the characters is is like snakes are very important to him like as a, a symbol um, oh. so this the serpent as a symbol of both like evil and also wisdom like depending how you approach the serpent like mm. it can be this like deadly thing or this thing that's very like subtle and um serpents used to be like humans best friend and it was like the most uh suited to us as like an animal to relate to whoa so i want to bring that kind of motif into <laughs> no that's fun yeah, yeah i'll be excited to see that for sure because like i just think it's fascinating that there are ways in which because like i've had these discussions like these are new things to me like i've i have friends that are pagan and so it's mm -hmm. very cool like, i learned like a little bit through them or like wiccan or stuff like that which is mm -hmm. i think there's similarities there yeah um and actually, I know somebody that's considering doing a podcast about the parallels between paganism and Christian, like classical Christian education. Yeah. Um, and I'm very excited to see him work on that project and like collab with him later, because um, I think it's this new stuff for me to learn about. Um, just not being introduced to that environment, but it's so fascinating that like you're creating a whole documentary about, like where people can find, like again, like you said, that parallel of like the snake being wisdom or evil and it's like oh it's actually a little bit more subtle mm -hmm. yeah and then like you can find truth and like it projects people towards like ultimate truth mm -hmm. but yeah i guess like what what initially within that mode of being kind of drew you into creating this film or like starting on your journey towards creating this film yeah um well i was 
I was just meeting people who were thinking about being Orthodox or had been Orthodox Christians who were coming from like these seemingly opposite or like antithetical places and that leap that they made or like transition they made was just kind of fascinating to me so I found myself like um, thinking about that and then also seeing a lot of friends who kind of were experimenting with I would say like casual witchcraft or like low grade kind of like paganism yeah yeah it's like a very much a thing right now and in the water and kind of hip um which isn't a i don't think it's um like it's kind of makes sense of where we're at in our culture with like the climate crisis and like um kind of the destruction of biodiversity and all these different things that people want to like get back to nature and like have some kind of like healing or restorative relationship to nature. So right. I see a lot of people just interested in that. And to me, I'm like, Oh, that's like almost this like pre-Christian step. Cause like, how do you get back into like a healing relationship with like your body and your environment? Um, wow. And I've kind of found the the steps toward the fullness of that, like this humane way of existing within the Orthodox Church. And it's not like you wouldn't expect that from the outside. It seems like this very like austere, like scary, like thing that wants to regulate every aspect of your life. Mm-hmm. But then if you can kind of get past that scariness and like accept it um, or just like kind of accept some of the practices you start to see that oh this is like this does lead towards like a humane way of living or existing um and the saints who have kind of like followed this path like towards its fullness and have like really encountered god like they have like the most humane lives of all (laughs) like they've kind of restored their place um in nature with the animals and just with other people um and kind of like healed a lot of fractures that we exist in. So um, anyway, that's getting a little bit into a tangent, but that I wanted to explore that journey specifically at that, that kind of point of the turning from kind of like pagan nature worship to like Christianity. Yeah. So just like zoom in on that point and like see how it plays out in people's lives. That's kind of cool. Well, I was going to go on a, that fur- further tangent because I was interested with your use of the word like humane, right? Mm-hmm. And like how that how that plays out within like Christianity. Because I've heard some like similar veins of that thought. Um, like N.T. Wright talks about like Christianity is where you can become like truly human or like fully mm-hmm. human. Right. Yeah. So does that does that kind of exhibit echoes of what you're talking about? Yeah, definitely. Like the just becoming an actual human being. Um, and it, it doesn't look like, like this self actualization. It's like a deeper form of self actualization. Mm-hmm. It's not like the, the kind of like liberal ideal of like pursuit of happiness and like getting what you want. Yeah. And it might not look like that at all, but it's still a, like, um, it's just like an alternative vision of what it looks like to, to like be successful basically. Nice. Yeah. 
No, that's just really fascinating. And I think like that's something that I've only heard about recently through like Orthodox tradition or like NT right going through like first century mm-hmm. understandings of Christianity. So again, another plug for Orthodoxy. Um, <laughs> but I think like that actually, oh yeah, it does actually tie into the next question, which I was, because um, I do want, like, I, I do really enjoy going into deeper things like these things that are integrated into our, our whole selves right and not mm-hmm. markedly distinct like this dualism that you might find in other like traditions of christianity and so like what do you find like markedly distinct about orthodoxy when comparing it to like other faith traditions like specifically like christian faith traditions and i think you actually have mm-hmm. already kind of answered <laughs> a lot of that if people yeah. have been listening yeah well I don't know a lot about Catholicism, so I imagine there's, like, a ton of overlap in kind of practice between Catholicism and the Eastern Orthodox Church, and I grew up kind of, uh, like, charismatic, Pentecostal, evangelical Christian, so I kind of am familiar with that world, Um, and then kind of have spent some time, like, in the Presbyterian Church. so just thinking about those, I, I mean, there's a ton of similarities between all of those experiences and the experiences I've had in the Orthodox Church. And I think what I've experienced there is just kind of like a, the Orthodox Church has taken all the kind of like pieces of these other traditions and like put it into some kind of like systematic process that mm. is um, easier to access. So like um kind of like the the charismatic kind of approach and being led by the spirit and like the gifts of the spirit and these things are like i think that's great and like i didn't have like some kind of toxic traumatic relationship with those things growing up right um but then those things are kind of present in the orthodox church um but they're not like phenomenal like they're not sensationalized yeah yeah i think Um, that's a good way of describing it and they're kind of like kind of supernatural charismatic experiences are happen but they're not like a sign that you're in favor with god it's their their approach very cautiously and kind of like um so it, it just seems like a more sustainable way of relating to those experiences and like a little less dangerous um yeah, so I think, I don't know if if I could say, like, oh, this thing is distinct. It's more of kind of, like, more integrated feeling to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. No, thanks for touching on those aspects of it. Yeah. yeah. And I wonder if also, because, like, tying this back into cinema, right? Because especially if we're experiencing cinema with our whole selves, which as an advocate for movies, I hope people are experiencing it with their whole selves, you know, and like being, you know, being fully engaged with the medium, right? Because there's so much potential for like uh, an experience of truth within cinema. And it's just beautiful too. And so how, how does like your orthodoxy impact the way that you engage with like cinema? That's a really good question. It's something that I'm trying to kind of figure out right now, just because um, 
maybe in the past uh, there is some kind of uh, I was trying to find some kind of wholeness or fill in some void with kind of artistic expression mm-hmm. or creativity or, or yeah. um, trying to find some kind of healing through it and then finding a like a much better route for that within the church has kind of like made me question filmmaking as a, like the enterprise of filmmaking as a whole. Yeah. Kind of like, do I need to do this? Is this actually what is, is this the best use of my time? Um, you know, my time and energy might much better be spent just kind of trying to live more quietly <laughs> and like spending time with family yeah. or like cooking better food or um like having a garden or something yeah you know no i get it so it's kind of thrown a wrench a, a wrench in the kind of like art making or in in doing that um and so yeah i'm just gonna keep keep pushing through and like asking for wisdom about it um and trying to um i don't want to like force anything to happen like i'm with second genesis i'm really trying to be careful to um not try to like pry open doors (laughs) that are closed or like force my way through which is is tricky because with the documentary you have to be a little bit aggressive about kind of like asking people about their lives and kind of like showing up in their lives um yeah so yeah it's um something i'm thinking about right now i don't have a great answer yet well i kind of i mean that kind of sounds very sounds very orthodox right like the struggle (laughs) the struggle right like as i'm learning more about i was like that sounds about right actually um and it's still a beautiful thing because i think in our um how to be a bad christian patreon we talked a lot about like waiting right and not Mm -hmm. being so intentional about like you can um there's this quote in it that i talked about when i was interviewing chris about his book and it was about like outstripping god with your desire to do things for him you know yeah um to the extent that like you're not actually like like being with god like abiding with god yeah like you're just doing stuff for him um Mm -hmm. And so I think that what you were talking about really resonates with me there when you're talking about, you know, not like pushing through doors that haven't been opened yet. And like actually like being patient and waiting, even mm-hmm. when like you're not necessarily seeing any like outcomes happening. Yeah. Yeah. And that actually might, again, I think these, huh, it's crazy. I think these questions tie in together. Um, how does... <laughs> How does living, and I think, um, before, let's just preface it, right? A lot of evangelical Christians might not know what, like, sacramental living means. So maybe, um, if you'd be able to explicate that a little bit. But how does, like, the sacramental life affect your perception of cinema? And some people, like, on this podcast, like, they're Anglican or Catholic, so Mm -hmm. they might understand a little bit more. But for, I think, the majority of our listeners, it might be a new understanding of Christian living. Hmm. Yeah, sacrament. I'm not sure how it influences. Um, well, it does. Yeah, it does influence the filmmaking. Um, I guess sacramental kind of theology, as far as I understand it, is just um, kind of forefronting God working through like material 
things like the Eucharist or through confession or baptism or like um, unction, which is like like anointing with oil or drinking it maybe. I don't know. I've never partaken of that sacrament. Well, Well, actually they do. And there's a certain service where you get anointed with oil. I don't know if that's unction. Anyways. That's, we'll go with it for now. Yeah, that's besides the point. But um, God working through those material things, like the materiality of the priest's vestments and things. And like when you do a confession, they like put the, it's called like the stole, like on your head and like say the prayers and stuff. And it's pretty cool. Um, so that relates to making films just um, trying to be very aware of like the limits of the filmmaking um and not trying to get like too carried away with this like grand vision that is so far removed from like a physical context or like what is available to you like it's really easy to be like oh this is going to be so successful and like it's going to blow up and like have this global reach and like everyone's going to think it's cool and that's that is exciting but um yeah, just recognizing like human limits with everything you're doing and like you still have a body and it's like your life is in such a small space. And so, yeah. Yeah. Sounds very humbling, actually. Yeah, that's that's kind of the goal, I, I hope. Um, yeah, it is humbling <laughs> when you're like, you can't you can't like go off and like be a Christian outside of that outside of the church kind of yeah <laughs> that might be controversial but the orthodox church is very much like you can't do it unless you're like in the service you know that's like where the grace of god is happening yeah it's like like literally inside of that church building it doesn't have to be but that's like where it's like kind of most likely or <laughs> standardized yeah that's beautiful though I'm glad you did. Yeah, I'm definitely glad you touched on that because I think we've we shot we've touched on in some aspects of the show how community is so important, right? Within like the Christian life, and so like there's an emphasis on that um, mm-hmm. specifically. Like I mean, literally within the structure of Orthodoxy, there's that emphasis on community. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, do you have before we get into pluggables? Was there anything else you wanted to talk about with regard to that, <laughs> or with regard to anything else we've discussed with um, Christianity, filmmaking, orthodoxy? No, I don't think so. I think we covered a lot. <laughs> yeah, it was like like I said at the beginning, it was a whole slew of little things. I was like, oh, this could be fun to touch on, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, again, open people's minds to things that they might not have either thought about before or have been exposed to before Hmm. um so yeah as we begin to wrap up then since you know this whole podcast is about referring people to you know thoughtful and then often or i would say hopefully challenging content Mm -hmm. of our presuppositions that we might have um what would you recommend our listeners delve into more deeply and i'll plug it in the links yeah um well I, I'm trying to think of something more related to what we talked about. I'm not, nothing's coming to mind, but um, as far as like, I don't want to just recommend like 
some kind of spiritual book or text or something. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, then, like, I would ask a, like, for more things about orthodoxy, like, just ask an orthodox priest or, like, go to an orthodox service. Yeah, And smart. I think a lot of that will come through best there because then, um, but as far as I, something I'm reading right now that is really blowing my mind is a book that um, my wife said I should read. Um, it's called Occidentalism, The West and the Eyes of Its Enemies. Um, and yeah, this book is, I would highly recommend it to anyone that wants to like understand the, the contemporary moment in the United States as far as like politically and spiritually. Um, it's, it's kind of blowing my mind because it's touching just on, like it's putting like the Capitol riot and like uh, whatever all of that kind of into context is helping me think about the Orthodox Church in the United States um, and the growth there. Um, um, kind of like, it's it's really good. It's basically um, just putting, putting into perspective like the America's enemies. So it talks about Japan and World War II and kind of the mindset of like, the view of the West is this like lazy, like bloated, like uh, entity addicted to like kind of mediocrity and pleasure, <laughs> <laughs> basically. Versus these other cultures that were more interested in and in leading like like a more heroic kind of life, or lead wow, or yeah. having a more like heroic culture that was dedicated to, like higher values that were not just like these liberal values of like the pursuit of happiness. So it goes through like Japan and talks about the Third Reich and Germany, kind of the rise of this like desire to be, to like rise above and like conquer. Um, Uh And then it talks about like 9-11 and like Osama bin Laden, like the Middle East, kind of like uh, a lot of Middle Eastern countries, like relationship to the West as like an entity. And then all like this was written in 2004, but then it, it put into perspective like just recent politics and like this desire to like make America great again is like a very um it's kind of like this return to almost like a non-western ideal of like rising above mediocrity and like ease and comfort towards this like greater vision and purpose huh any yeah so it's it's a very good book interesting it's like pretty short and easy to read so I'd recommend it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I'm definitely intrigued. I was just intrigued by the the cover yeah. and the title too. I was like, oh, that is gonna be. It's like a cartoon of like Uncle Sam is like this. I guess like sitting in a pile of money, like very obese with like a golden chain and stuff. <laughs> so. Wow. Yeah. Now I'll make sure to plug put it in the show notes because that I haven't read it yet, but. I'm going to take your word for it. That is good. Because <laughs> I'm assuming it is. It just seems yeah. like a fascinating read, especially within the times in which we're living. Mm-hmm. And yeah, sounds very nuanced. So I'm all here for it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so with that, we include, you know, Second Genesis. Big shout out to Sam and for bringing your whole self into this conversation. I definitely really appreciate it. And yeah, stay tuned for... Actually, I don't know, Sam, do you have um, a date for when the film will be not yet 
Yeah, it's gonna be a while. <laughs> Probably a year and a half. Cool, um, cool. But yeah, just you can check it out at secondgenesisfilm.com. Nice. I'll make sure to put all the links cool. for that in the show notes as well. Yeah. Uh, we're recording in the summer, so there's a bit of a time gap, but they will be in the show notes. And so, fellow beggars, don't forget to check out this week's bonus episode. I don't remember the title, so we'll deal with that later. And stay tuned next week for Bookmarks Not Included. We'll talk to you all later.